You're listening to a Sovereign Hope Church podcast with pastor and teaching elder Adam Vinson. All right, Ephesians chapter 3. This is where we've been for the last several weeks now, and I told you today was going to be a little bit different in that um, while we're going to continue to reference, and and I'll share some thoughts from Ephesians chapter 3, we want to be more geared towards uh, an application of prayer today in response to what we were learning last week. And so, uh, again, just an effort to not be a hearer of the word only, but a doer of the word. Um, last week, specifically, we talked about how God is capable of doing far more than we ask or think, um, that he's able to exceed our expectations and even our imaginations about his power and his wisdom and his plans for us. And so we want to we want to be faithful to pray for those things and to offer those requests to him. And so we're going to take some time to do that today. But looking back at where we were two weeks ago, let me read for us um, our text from um, the last couple of weeks now, I guess. So back in uh, Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 14, this is Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And so two weeks ago we were talking about how God provides the supernatural ability for us to carry out his plans for the gospel by giving us the strength needed to change our inner beings and the strength needed to comprehend his love together. And so we talked about how both of those things work in conjunction to help us live out our gospel faith, that he wants to change us inwardly so that we can experience Christ to the fullest dwelling in our hearts richly, Um, that that Christ would come in and not just be a guest or a visitor, but to, to be at home, to really take hold of our hearts and to Uh, have us living in submission to him. And that takes supernatural change within us because our flesh is going to operate contrary to that. But then Paul's also praying that they would understand the love of Christ, the, the understand the love of our father that he has for us so that we can then turn around and love others in similar ways. And so he's praying for strength to be changed inwardly so Christ can dwell within us fully. And then he's also praying for the strength to comprehend God's love so that we can love others fully as well. And so I challenged you two weeks ago to start praying for God to give you the daily power to further change your inner being, Um, that we would begin our days and our weeks thinking in terms of uh, how we need God to change us, God to alter our hearts and to change our minds and our ways of thinking if we're going to live in obedience to him. But then also to challenge us in the ways that we love others, in particular how we look towards the fall as we look to Uh, kind of re-examine our small groups and giving you the opportunity to uh, sign up for the groups that you want to be a part of, uh, that you would be in prayer for where the right location is for your family, how you're going to live out the gospel over this next year, uh, being faithful to love each other, serve each other, encourage one another, and pray for one another. And so I challenge you to be praying about that, and we'll talk more about that today as well. Last week, we looked at verses 20 and 21. It says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly Then all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. We said that as we pray for God's power to change us inwardly, for his love to transform our human interactions, 
We are to pray believing that he's able to answer these prayers in ways that exceed our expectations, right? Paul's emphasizing here that uh, God can do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Uh, He can answer the prayers that we ask. He can answer the thoughts that we have about things that we'd like to pray for that never make it to our prayer list because of being too busy or maybe a lack of belief or a lack of uh, awareness as to whether God wants to do or not do something. He's able to answer those thoughts even. And then he's even able to go beyond that. He's capable of so much more than what we think he's capable of doing. 1 Corinthians 2.9 talks about how he's far more capable of the things that we ask and think. Um, so we pray confidently to a God who's engaged and active and able to answer our requests. Uh, a God who can answer the things that we do verbalize, the things that never make it past our thought process, and then really infinitely more than that. And we talked about that pyramid of how he kind of builds upon what God is able to do. He can do things. He can do the things that we ask. He can do the things that we think. He can do above and beyond the things that we ask and think. He can do above and beyond even more abundantly than what we can ask or think. And so I reminded you last week that prayer is not our attempts to get God's attention. Instead, the goal of prayer is to give us what we need, but to do so in a way where God gets the glory for it. And so the things that we're going to be focused on praying about today are things that we need, uh, particularly spiritual things that we need. But we want to be faithful to pray for those things because as those things are then given to us, we're very quick to give God the glory and the honor for his provision. And so I challenged you last week, we need to be asking and thinking of things for God to even respond to. We need to be faithful to come and to ask because James 4 talks about we have not because we ask not. Uh, to ask and think for things that are aligned with his will, uh, not just the things that we crave and desire, because James also warns against that, that we would not just simply pray to a God who just gives as though he's just going to give every want and craving and desire that we have. But instead, we know God's word, we study God's word, therefore we can pray in alignment with his will. And then we faithfully pray for things that stretch our own imagination, right? We don't try to box God in into the types of things that we feel like maybe he'll do, that we're even willing to step out in faith and stretch our own imaginations for the types of things that he wants to do for us. The application from last week was that, are you currently praying in a consistent manner for the things you in this church need to carry out God's will? Are you taking things regularly to God in prayer? Are you thinking about things that you in this church need to carry out God's will that need to become prayers, right? So I challenge you to be praying about things that you as an individual and we as a church need to um, carry out the gospel and to love each other well, to take the things that you think about but never actually pray for and move those down into your prayer list, right? And then to be able to, or be willing to pray for the things that are far more abundantly bigger than your imagination, um, to pray to God believing and expecting that he's capable of doing those things. And so, I want us to look back at a couple of things that Paul prays for, and I want us to then translate that to us today uh, in the ways that we're going to pray. And so going back to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, Paul references how he prays and how he prays for this church. And he says in verse 15, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you remembering you in my prayers. So Paul is driven to pray, and he's driven to give thanks to God in his prayers, particularly because he has heard of their increasing faith 
and their increasing love towards all the saints. And so as I was kind of reflecting upon uh, our time for this week, um, I started thinking in terms of ways that, that we can be thankful, uh, ways that we can be thankful for how God has provided for us. And so that text tells us to pray out of a heart of thanksgiving to the Lord for the growth that we've seen over the years in regards to both our faith and our love. Um, so some specific ways that I began to write down this week, ways that we've seen the Lord really go above and beyond even our asking and our thinking here at Sovereign Hope. Um, one is the building space that God has continued to bless us with. Um, there's been times where we felt as elders and deacons very inept in being able to work out human plans for the growth that we were seeing here at this church. And um, many of you have heard the story how we were sitting at McDonald's uh, one evening during the week praying and talking and really experiencing frustration about what steps were to be taken next. This was one year after our church had started and we were still meeting at the Freeman Sasser at the park. And while the space was still accommodating us, the, the cleanliness of the facility was not accommodating to us. And we knew that uh, for us to continue to grow and for us to have people visit and stay, we were going to have to look towards something that was more sanitary. And uh, we just we were just were running into dead end after dead end. And uh, we began to pray and really began to, to act in belief and just said, okay, we're going to drive around and see what God reveals to us and what, what plans maybe are out there that we're not even thinking about. And we stumbled upon this facility and began to walk and talk and pray. And, and God was very faithful to provide first at, you know, at the initial output of it, the two buildings. And then God opened the door for us to build a relationship with the individual who was renting the facility next to us. And then when he decided to vacate, he immediately referenced us to our landlord as, as someone who was interested. And we were able to take control of that facility as well. And so uh, God has always been faithful to provide us the building space that we've needed. Um, the amount of giving that continues to be brought in from you as believers uh, never ceases to amaze me. Um, from day one, our church has always given, in my mind, above and beyond what I could ever ask or think. Um, I was sharing with an individual yesterday at a birthday party. He was kind of talking to me about church planning in general and wanted to hear more about our story. And so I was sharing with him that, you know, we're, we're about to finish year 10 of doing this. And one of the reasons I believe we've been able to sustain God's work here is that giving and finances have never been an issue for us. We've never had to struggle and worry about whether bills could be paid. Um, we've always been in a unique situation where we've been blessed above and beyond what we need. And, and that's a testimony to your faith to give, to sacrifice, and to spurn the things of this world for the things of him. And so uh, we're, we're tremendously blessed, and I give thanks to God for you and your faith uh, for your willingness to continue to give. I was um, encouraged recently when the the youth girls had their discipleship weekend that wasn't a weekend uh, just recently, and Jessica posted the picture of the girls, and, and there was a, a great group of girls there. You know, other churches may look at that and say, what is that, a small group, or is that like all your girls in your youth group? But coming from a time where we had one girl projecting into our youth group, we didn't even have her yet into the youth group, but one girl who was going to one day be in our youth group and now to be able to look at that picture and see a, a host of girls um, that were able to be a part of a discipleship time period, that, that's, that's above and beyond what I was even thinking at the time and even praying for at the time. I mean, we were 
trying to get creative on how to hang on to families because we didn't have youth here for their kids to, to come and join with. And God has blessed us in that area now to where we have kids above and beyond what we could ask or think at times. Um, the visitors that have come over the years. Um, we, we go through phases where we get visitors in droves. Um, and, and I'm always so grateful and thankful that people would come and want to be a part of this when we don't have all the bells and whistles, when we don't have all the programs, when we don't have all the facilities. Um, I'm always encouraged that people are wanting to come and be a part of this place because um, I believe the words being taught, but I believe the fellowship here and the love that can be experienced here. Um, is what is so attractive. It's the gospel being lived out, and so thankful for the visitors that continue to come, and even the type of visitors that come go above and beyond what I could ever ask or think. Um, you know, I'm always amazed at just the, the different ways that God is working and moving in people's hearts to bring them. You know, I remember when James called me a couple years ago and said, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but you used to teach me at Faith Christian, and my family's interested in coming, and Man, that was such an encouragement to me because at the time, James wasn't following the Lord. And, you know, I was pouring my heart out in Bible class, which is what I continue to do at Trinity is pour my heart out into the hearts and lives of students, but not always knowing if that's going to ever produce anything. Is that ever going to produce fruit? And I continue to sow. And, man, James and his family's presence here is such an encouragement to me because that's evidence that continuing to sow leads to reaping. Um, and that's not me reaping that. That's him going up, you know, beyond the Christian school and being influenced by other people who continued to invest in him and build upon that sowing that took place. But what an encouragement to see the visitors that God brings to us. And then even like the diversity of people that God is bringing to us. Above and beyond what we could ask or think, people from all different walks and backgrounds and even now ethnicities that have begun to join us. Man, we want this to be a picture of what heaven's going to be like one day where people are coming from all types of backgrounds and uniting around the one thing that unites us, right? We may not all share the same type of job or the same type of income or the same type of hobby type interest, but to unite around the fact that Christ has saved us is just an unbelievable thing to be thankful for today. And so um, some ways that we've seen that I just listed off to you. Let me lead us in a time of just praying and giving thanks to God and realizing, too, that like even in the midst of praising him for the things that he's done and accomplished, that there's also ways where he's worked and moved where he hasn't done and accomplished in the ways that we would have wanted as well, right? I mean, I remember when we were seeing building space provided, there was another church that I was connected with. Their, their building burned to the ground, Right? complete different type of situation. God's moving in both, right? Um, individuals that have seen job changes and then individuals who continue to pray for job changes. Same with, with family growth, people who have prayed for spouses and prayed for children and have seen those things given and blessed and then others who haven't yet seen that. And God's good in all those situations and God is sovereign and in control of each one of those situations. And so we praise him and thank him in both. And so I'm going to lead us in prayer for that right now. God, we love you and we do praise you and thank you for just the ways that you're good to us. And God, we thank you for the ways that you exceed our, our asking and our thinking and our imagination as well. Um, Lord, knowing that there's times where you um, respond in the ways that we're begging you to respond. And then we also know there's times where you don't, um, where you you have other plans in place and other desires in place. And so God, we, we always 
proceed with caution when we come to you asking and praying for things that are outside your revealed will, because we don't know what your revealed will is. But God, we're grateful and thankful when you do provide and, and you do align our hearts with yours. And um, God, we praise you and thank you for how you show your power and your willingness to give and to provide and to go above and beyond. Lord, I thank you so much for the ways that you have blessed our church in this past decade, ways that you've given when we've needed it, uh, ways that you haven't given to us until we've needed it. Um, Lord, you've been very strategic, I believe, in the ways that you provided for our church. You've never uh, given us more than we've needed at the time, um, but you've always been faithful to provide when we needed it. And God, that keeps us trusting in you, that keeps us hoping in you. And uh, God, I praise you and thank you for the ways that you have grown our faith over the years, that you have increased our love for each other over the years. And God, we pray that you would continue to do that. Um, But God, we begin our time today just thanking you and praising you, Um, praising you for who you are, praising you for the ways that you work and move. And we're grateful for that. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, as we continue looking at that prayer in chapter 1, Uh, Verse 17, after he's given that time of praise and thanksgiving and remembrance and prayer, he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, which are the riches, or what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. And so he's praying for enlightenment in the hearts of these people, uh, for, their, for the eyes of their hearts to see this great hope that's been given to them, this great resource of riches, not earthly riches, but eternal spiritual riches that have been granted to them as an inheritance, the immeasurable greatness of God's power that works in us and through us. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Uh, He goes on to echo some of these same things in the text that we've already read from last week, verses uh, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and length and height and depth, to know the love of Christ. And so we want to pray for enlightenment towards hope that we're called to, the riches that are promised to us, the greatness of his power that we can experience now, uh, to pray for change on the inside so that Christ takes permanent root in our hearts. And so as I was thinking through these prayers, you know, I was thinking in terms of uh, our youth specifically. Um, And I want to encourage you and pray specifically for our youth, and we're going to do that today, to pray that our youth, our kids, and particularly those that are moving into that season of teenage life, that our youth would grow up in maturity in their faith as they seek to be set apart for the purposes of making a lasting impact in their context. Um, Our youth need our our prayers um, to be praying that they would be enlightened in the ways that Paul's praying for here for this church, that they would be captivated by the things of Christ in a midst of, in being, living in the midst of a culture where they're always being uh, tempted to be captivated by the things of this world, that our, our youth would be captivated by the things of Christ. And so um, obviously we have a big trip coming up this week to Snowbird for our youth. Uh, many of our youth are going to be able to participate in that, and they're going to have the opportunity to have fellowship with one another, to have fellowship with Jessica and Alex, particularly during the week, to have fellowship with 
uh, Snowbird staff that are going to be pouring into them this week. They're going to sit in multiple worship sessions and teaching sessions and breakout sessions. The Word of God is going to be proclaimed both in the formal teaching setting, also in the conversational setting. And uh, so we want to pray for them this week specifically, that, that God would work and move in the hearts of our students and enlighten them to the things of him. And so I want to see if anybody would be willing to volunteer to pray for our youth and to pray for Jessica and Alex specifically as they take them on this trip uh, to pray that this week would be glorifying and honoring to God as he works and moves within them. And I'd encourage you to be praying this week for our youth as they go. Um, just excited for them to be able to experience the week at camp. And um, I'll even be praying that God will work and move and even call some to to work there at some point because we'd love to be able to um, have more connections up there with, with our youth working there. Um, and, and continuing in lines of thinking about our youth and praying for our youth to grow up in their faith, my heart's been been heavy recently just because our youth group has increased and, you know, it was far more easy to think in terms of what's, you know, what's going on with our youth when there were two or three of them and, and now there's a lot more of them and, you know, some of them have grown up in our church and, um, they were in our nursery, they were in our kids' class, and now they're in our youth group, and um, they used to fight with boys and girls, and now they like boys and girls, and, um, you know, for me, I mean, it's just a, a heavy heart in regards to what I want for our, our teenagers as they're growing up. I, I desire purity for them. I desire purity in their relationships. I want God to to protect them and to keep them and to give them guidance and direction as they move forward in their life and as they start to look towards dating and marriage and you know, building their own families, that, that God would give them the very best in those things. And so I wanted to kind of speak to our youth just for a minute and then, and then to spend some time praying over that, that area particularly. You know, marriage, we're going to see in, in later in this book in Ephesians, it's another mysterious picture of the gospel. You know, we've been talking about this mystery of Jew and Gentile being joined together as this temple of living stones. But he goes on in Ephesians 5 to talk about the relationship between a husband and a wife and how ultimately it's a picture of Christ and his church. Revelation chapter 19 and Revelation chapter 21, both those chapters talk about Jesus being the bridegroom coming for his bride. And so marriage is this earthly picture to help us better understand the love between Christ and the church and what's that supposed to look like as we look to husbands and wives loving each other. And so I was thinking back to what we were learning in Malachi just a, you know, a few months ago as we were going through the Minor Prophets, that the book of Malachi, particularly in Malachi chapter 2, uh, talks about how the, the type of people that we choose to marry are so important, right? It's, it's an act of worship, how we choose to marry. Spiritual purity is to be a desire for us. Malachi chapter 2 verse 10 says, Have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Why then are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenant of our fathers? Judah has been faithless, and an abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves, and has married the daughter of a foreign god. May the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob any descendants of the man who does this, who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts. This echoes what we first learn about in Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 1 through 4. Uh, God's call for Israel to be pure in the choice that they make for marriage, that they're married to, they're to marry those who worship the same God as them. Uh, you look towards 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, uh, the dangers of us moving away from that even in the New Testament. Um, and, and these verses have nothing to do with marrying somebody who's like you when it comes to ethnicity or uh, cultural backgrounds. It has everything to do with marrying somebody who is like you spiritually. 
who, who follows the same God as you because God knows that that becomes very difficult to remain faithful in if you're choosing to follow somebody who has no interest in him. And so it's a big deal in Scripture. Um, purity in marriage is a big deal in Scripture. And in our kids and our youth are growing up in an age where purity is, is anything but emphasized. It's becoming more and more normal to be impure in the Christian sector. Um, and if we're not careful, we'll become okay with that being a norm too. Um, I went to McDonald's like I typically try to do on Sunday mornings before I come here and study. And um, McDonald's was never a place of consistency before COVID. COVID has only expounded upon how inconsistent of a place it is, right? It used to be inconsistent as to the things that they offered. Now it's just inconsistent as to whether they're offering anything or not that day. And sometimes the food's great and sometimes they have no food. And so I went there today and there were two guys that pulled up in front of me and they sat there for a minute and then some guys that were like unloading the truck came out and I could hear them say like, hey, they're not open. And, and the two guys in front of me were just like, okay, great, thanks. And just drove off. And I'm kind of thinking like, this shouldn't be normal. Like it shouldn't be normal for it to be 7.30 in the morning and for us to just be like, oh, this restaurant's not open, right? But it's become normal in Sonoy for people to just have low expectations for how McDonald's functions. And it's becoming very normal. It's becoming very normal in the Christian sector for us to have low expectations for our youth in regards to this area. It's, it's becoming very normal and accepted for us to minimize the standards of scripture. And I have such a desire for our youth to resolve to fight for purity in their life at all costs, realizing that the gospel picture is at stake. First Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Realizing that even their life may depend on it. Proverbs chapter 5 Verses 1 through 6, I'll read this for you real quick. Proverbs chapter 5, 1 through 6. My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding, that you may keep discretion, and your lips may guard knowledge. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey. Her speech is smoother than oil, but in the end she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path to Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander. She does not know it. Man, may our youth resolve to fight for purity in their life. May our youth resolve to marry those non-question mark people. We talked about that in Malachi. Our desire as parents, and then hopefully our desire for our youth as they're maturing in their faith would be to marry people who are committed to loving Jesus as much as they do. Your spousal choice declares the type of God you want to serve. And I got to even thinking the other day, as as I see impurity rampant amongst people on Facebook and the things that they post, just... I don't know how an individual can justify disobedience in this area and try to hold themselves to obedience in any other area of Scripture. This, this, this piece is emphasized so much in Scripture. I mean, you read the book of Revelation, and you, you can't discount the fact that purity, marital purity, is such a point of emphasis. For somebody to say, oh, that was old, and Scripture doesn't speak to that anymore, or it's not relevant to us, or I'm going to do things different, I just can't imagine how you would be convicted about anything else in Scripture if that piece isn't convicting, right? To, to, to have our youth resolve to fight for purity and to resolve to marry in a way that honors their king, that's a desire that we have and something that I think Scripture certainly encourages us to pray for. I mean, not only in regards to our youth, we want to continue to be in prayer for our adults and the marriages that are here in our, in our church. Um, I think that's another thing that has really sustained us over the years is just the unbelievable marriages that God has brought within this church. Uh, the godly women, the godly men, uh, 
great examples that our youth even have to, to grow up and look towards as to what it looks like to be uh, within a godly marriage. I'm so thankful for um, our husbands and wives that are here. Um, I've learned so much uh, as a believer myself, being able to spend time with you as couples and to learn and, and grow from the ways that you're living out your faith within the, the family that God has given to you. But um, while this has not been an issue for us at Sive Hope, I think it's important that we continue to pray for this, that our marriages would transcend what is becoming the cultural norm to break that covenant marriage, to do so for the sake of fleshly fulfillment, to, to look towards other uh, men or women to satisfy them. And, and we want to pray against that. We want to pray that God would maintain our marriages as a matter of worship towards him. Malachi chapter 2 not only talks about the, the types of people that we choose to marry, but goes on to talk about the ways that we choose to stay married. And we talked about this as we worked through the book of Malachi, that it's becoming far too normal to divorce, right? We don't want McDonald's marriages here. We don't want the norm. So we're okay with this. We're okay with separation. We're okay with covenants being broken, right? And that's never been the case here. And man, I'm so thankful for the fact that even as elders and leaders who have had the opportunity to sit and talk and counsel with um, married couples here, that while there's been, there's been conflict, there's been tension, there's been disagreement, um, there's always been a commitment to stay together, to be united, to love, to work out, and to, to figure out those issues. And I'm so grateful and thankful that, that those things have been minor in the grand scheme of what I know other pastors have dealt with within their church. And, and this, too, is a, a, a gospel picture thing at stake, right? Because the gospel is pictured through marriage. And so to pray that our marriages would continue to stay strong, uh, to break the cultural norm, to, to remain covenantly faithful to each other, um, our cues about marriage are rooted in God's design. Um, what he says back in the book of Genesis, that man and woman are to come together and to stay together. Your spousal faithfulness reflects your level of faithfulness to God. Um, and, and so I encourage our, our husbands and our wives to see that and to fight for that, to fight for that purity and faithfulness uh, that helps to picture the gospel, uh, particularly to our kids and youth that are growing up here. Uh, to be able to see those strong marriages and to, to rejoice in that and to, to seek to mimic that one day. The last section that I want to give us today comes from that 17 through 19 verses in chapter 3 where um, we're called to pray for understanding of the love of God so that our love flows towards others. And um, I want us to see that in three ways. One, that we would pray for our church to remain unified as we experience growth. And then obviously the change that is necessary to accommodate that growth in order to reach more for him. Um, I was listening to Red Oak Church up in Andrews. Their uh, podcast from this past week on First Peter 2, uh, Rob at Snowbird made the comment. He said, basically, that false teaching is, is certainly a threat to a church, but, but an even far greater threat to a church is the people within that church itself. Uh, the unity that's experienced by a church, potentially the disunity that comes. And First Peter 2 talks about the temple picture of us being living stones, just like we're seeing in Ephesians. And Paul or Peter calls the people there to put away things like gossip and slander and malice and envy, because those things are destructive to a living temple. Uh, to, to be dissatisfied with each other breaks down that temple growth. And so uh, to pray for our church to remain unified as we experience growth, praying specifically, tangibly for our C groups that are going to be coming in the fall to be a healthy place for encouragement, growth, love, additional accountability. 
Um, I want to continue to encourage you. We haven't posted signups yet intentionally because we don't want it to be a knee-jerk reaction for you to just say, this is what I want. For you to pray for what does God want for you and your family for this next year? Where's the right place for you to be to, to gather in a smaller setting within this church, to love each other, to encourage each other, to spur each other on to good works? I've made reference to some concepts for you to use as a filter. And you can think of it in like the three R's. Uh, R number one would be your residency, to, to account for the fact, where do I live and what is going to be convenient and most likely enabling me to, to gather as, as much as possible based on where some of these C groups are going to be meeting and where I live. Now, for some of you, that may not have to be a factor because your schedule is, is such where that won't impact you. But for others of you who work certain schedules and, and have certain demands, that is a big piece of it, that you may not have the time to travel to a different one, but this one right here would afford you to be able to be most engaged. Uh, to think about the relationship piece, those that, that you're already close with, that you want to kind of maintain some of that intimacy, but also being willing to say, you know what, there's some people in our church as we've grown that I haven't even had a chance to meet yet. Uh, haven't had a chance to really engage with yet and to take that into account too, to be willing to say, hey, you know what? I want to be a picture of what it looks like to unite people, right? Jew and Gentile coming together, visitor and member coming together and uniting as one people of God. So to account for that piece as well. And then also uh, on a more practical side of things, the, the, the room size of some of our C groups, right? To account for uh, as they start to fill up in a sign up to be able to say, you know what? That one seems like it's kind of heavy right now with, with people. I'm going to look towards this one that doesn't have as many people signed up, and I'm going to go. Maybe it wasn't my first choice, but you know what? I'm going to go, and, and I'm going to make that place awesome by my involvement and my love and my care uh, for that place. And so be praying. Be praying for God to, to lead you and guide you, uh, particularly in our areas of C group, uh, small group, as we grow, that we'll be able to accommodate this growth. Um, the second piece that I want us to pray for in regards to our church overall, is to see uh, an increased elder leadership with an increasing desire to teach and preach on a regular basis for a future plant. Um, we talk about this in uh, a lot of times in our initial conversations when people come and visit and are talking about membership, that one of the unique aspects of our church is that we're not planning to grow to this enormous amount of people and just continue to add on more and more buildings that we believe when we planted Sovereign Hope that we were planting something that was different than what you maybe could find in this area, and that was a small, intimate-type fellowship that wasn't dead, that was willing to grow. And in order to be small and grow, it means being willing to branch off and grow more in a different location where you can maintain that more intimate feel. Some of you have already started to feel this as we've grown and added more visitors. Like I said, there's people that you haven't had a chance to meet or really engage with because our numbers are bigger now. And so we want to be praying that God would continue to give us the leadership needed to be able to branch off and plant another church, to uh, maintain what makes Sov Hope unique by duplicating it more and more. You know, the book of Titus 1, verse 5, talks, Paul talks, about Titus, talks to Titus and tells him to establish elders in every town. Um, and we certainly want to see that happen through our church. And then lastly, to pray for our church to have clear direction about how to be mission-minded in both our immediate context and the world at large. We were talking through some things as leadership before COVID hit about how we were going to be able to be more involved in our local context, and then we were even, even making plans for, for global mission focuses. And one thing about Sovereign Hope is that with our mission focus globally, that has changed throughout the years because God has given us individuals to support for seasons. Um, we supported Uganda for a while while Chris and Melissa were serving there. 
Most recently, we've been able to serve and, and support uh, the McMurray family in Nepal, and that time for their life has, has transitioned and changed. And so we're going to be hearing from Kevin next week. He's going to kind of give us an update over the past year and what their plans are for their family moving forward. But we want to continue to pray for a longer-term vision for what it looks like for us to be using our gifts in this context, this area, but then also globally as well. And so I want to see if anybody would be willing to volunteer to pray for us in regards to our church, that God would maintain our unity as we grow, particularly in our area of our C groups, that God would make those placements right and, and, and best according to his will, that our church would see increased leadership so that we can continue to think in terms of how to plant, and then lastly, for our church to have clear direction about our mission focus moving forward as well. Well, we verbalized some things today, and we thought about some things probably that didn't make it to paper as well, and I'm thankful that our Lord can answer all of those things, but even exceed those things. And so I want to close this now just by praying really the heart of 20 and 21 in chapter 3, that God would exceed those expectations. And um, after doing so, Tyson's going to come and lead us in song to close us out as well. God, we, we, we thank you that we've had this time together to look back into your word, but also to spend some time praying together and reflecting upon the types of things that uh, need our attention in prayer. Um, Lord, and I'm praying that you would, uh, you would exceed and you would go above and beyond and provide in abundant ways beyond what we've even asked or thought this morning. Um, Lord, we know you desire uh, purity for our youth and for our adults, um, God, we know that you desire um, further enlightenment as we come to know you more through your word that would keep us separated from the things of this world. We know that you desire unity within our church. You desire for us to continue to grow and to add. Um, and God, we know that that comes with change. And we know that you desire unity in the midst of that change as well. And God, we want to be a place that can be a picture of this imagery of Jew and Gentile coming together. And so, God, we want to be faithful to continue to take the gospel here in this context, but even around the world, where more and more people are, are hearing about you and coming to be a part of this universal church. So, God, we, we're praying that you would, you would go above and beyond what we've even asked today. God, we pray confidently knowing that these things are part of your will. Um, you, want, you want our purity. You want our unity. You want our love for each other. And so, God, we're praying for, for those things, and we're asking for those things. And, God, give us wisdom and guidance where we need to live out those things and how to live out some of those things. But, God, we're grateful and thankful that we can pray to you knowing that you already know these things. And so, really, God, we're coming and praying and asking you these things so that when you provide these things, we know exactly who to give the glory and the honor to. And so we acknowledge that today. In all of our asking, Lord, in all the things that we've prayed today, we are praying with an expectation of being able to give you glory and honor for however you choose to move. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Hope Church podcast. We trust that you've been encouraged by the word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at www.sovhope.org. Again, that's www.sovhope.org. 